please stand. The text for the sermon this day is taken from Psalm 100, specifically these words. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. That is the text. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Back in the mid-1990s, you can imagine there, was, there were times where people would gather together in these huge arenas. Caesar's Palace was one of the famous ones. And people would be gathering and they'd be cheering and they'd be roaring. And the center of the arena was a ring. Until all of a sudden after the, the first few events, a man stepped forward, dressed in a slick suit, slick tie, and the, and the crowd became silenced as that microphone descended from the ceiling and he would say the words, Are you ready? And the crowd would start to get riled up and he starts to he'd say it again, Are you ready? And the crowd would be cheering. And he'd say, then for the thousands of attendants and the millions around the world, Let's get ready to rumble. I didn't say it the way he does. He does it much more theatrically. But the question could be asked to you. Are you ready? This past summer, down in Des Moines, the LWML National Convention was held. And the theme of, that, of the convention was, the time is now. So if the time is now, the question must be asked, are you ready? Ready for what could be the question. The time is now for the ladies at convention meant to serve the Lord with gladness. To serve their neighbors in many and various ways. I don't know if you, you're familiar with it, but the LWML has, does what is called mites, where they gather all this chain, all the spare change, and put it in these little houses, little house box, and they gather them together every week. And actually this morning at St. John, we actually do what's called the noisy collection. And who knows, maybe one day there'll be a thing here, I don't know. But they carry around like big coffee cans, and you put all the change in there. And for me, it's a good workout lifting those up to the... Um, I can't take two offering plates the way they do that because it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm not strong enough. And it would be a disaster to drop all that change. But I know most many years, they usually bring in about $200 worth in change. And that money, right now, the LWML nationally, their goal is to raise $2 million through that change. 
And that $2 million will be used for a variety of things. For instance, they have a clean water and evangelism ministry. So think this morning. Raise your hand if you had a drink of water this morning. Not to embarrass. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you took a shower. I'm a little worried. Some of you are like, oh, I missed it. I woke up late. But so we have this treasure to be able to enjoy clean water. Many people in the world don't have that. There's a ministries that are dedicated to making it possible for high poverty countries to have clean running water. There's disaster response trailers. How many of you have ever heard of LERT? Okay, so LERT is something that we have in our district. When there was the flooding in Rock Rapids last year, they were there. When there was the tornado in Mapleton, they were there. They go to places around this area whenever there's a tornado, floods. Um, We don't have to worry about hurricanes, but um, anything that comes through, any devastation, they are there to help people rebuild. There are cancer care packages, renovation for a a seminary in Nigeria, hope and healing for the Navajo people, um, outreach to refugee camps in Lebanon, um, opportunities in Uganda, in their hands and upon their hearts, Lutheran Youth Corps, providing hope for Detroit. Providing hope for Detroit is a ministry where um, these vans go around and they pick, up, they pick up people and take them to church, take them to doctor's appointments, do things like that, helping those who do not have such, um, such things to take care of themselves. Those are, one of the, those are just some of the 19 different ministries that the LWML might go to. And locally... When there is a funeral, who, is the, who, is, who are the ones that are called on to provide a meal? It's the LWML. In the gospel lesson today, by the way, just kind of a little trivia. Do you know why it's, first off, what is the name of our, L, our LWML? Dorcas? Which um, we kind of read about one of the... Um, that's, she's in the book of Acts. And also, did you notice what was it that Lydia sold? Purple. Sellers of purple were people of actually great wealth because purple garments were the most expensive of garments. In ancient cultures, a purple shirt or purple robe, I guess, would be, basically would be a sign of, of great wealth. Because in order to make purple, you had to take it from the blood of snails. Even to this day, to get a truly Tyrian purple sweatshirt, I looked this up online, it costs over $1,000 for one of those shirts. So in other words, none of us probably have true purple. Including, this is not true purple either. So, with her wealth, she served the church. In the gospel lesson, it says that Mary called Magdalene. By the way, Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. 
As some people say, she was one who had seven demons cast out. Joanna and Susanna and others provided for the disciples and Jesus in their ministry. I know for myself and many other pastors, we would not be pastors if it weren't for the support that the LWML gives to the seminaries, to seminary students. In case you don't know, seminary is expensive with $30,000 a year for tuition and everything. So this is the many things that they do to serve the Lord. But they don't just serve the Lord, they serve the Lord with gladness. But is that there's this one skit, this lady, that she, she was the interrupter at the national convention. And I used to love it was whenever they say, she'd like, people would call her about a cause and she'd say, can't I just write a check? I'll just send you a check. And the point, and eventually the point is, a check is not where we stop. But it all begins with gladness. What are we glad about? Well, think of this parable, kind of a modern day parable. Imagine one day you found yourself before a judge. You're in court. You have committed an absolutely horrible crime. A crime that is punishable by death. And you stand before the judge knowing that what you have that you did what they are saying you did. And so you say to the judge, Your Honor, I'm a good person. I'm good to my family. I'm good to my neighbors. There's these, oh, this elderly person that lives next door. She needs a lot of help, and I go over and I help her. I take out the trash. I do all the things that I need to do. What will the judge say to that? Will he say, oh, in that case, you're free? No, he won't. In case you're wondering, if you ever end up before a judge, you cannot tell him about all the good things you do to get out of going to prison. The judge will just sit there and say, that's nice that you do those things. But it doesn't change these other things that you did. The crime still stands. The consequence still stands. You are sentenced. And so you are sentenced to death. The, the, the police officer comes up. He shackles your wrists. He leads you down through the doors of the courtroom, down the long hallways, and down to your jail cell. And it is there that you get to sit there and wait. Wait for that day to come. Thinking about the thing that you have done and knowing the truth that what you are about to suffer, you deserve it. You tried to get out of it. You tried to make the case of all the good things you've done before, but you know it's true. Nothing that you could ever do could undo what you have done. And the days pass and pass until they come and they bring your last meal. They bring steak and potatoes or maybe pizza or whatever your last meal would choose to be. You eat it. 
And you get up and you go out of the jail cell and you're led down the hallway. The door is open. You see the noose hanging. But you also see right next to the empty noose another man who was just hung before you. Another man who was dead. And you see what is your destiny. You see what it is that you deserve. And as you get to the, and you reach to the platform, you get down on your knees and you beg and you plead with the judge and say, Your Honor, I know what I've done is horrible. I know I can never undo it. I beg your mercy. I beg your leniency, your compassion. Spare me. And the judge says to you, You are set free. See that man that is hanging? That is my son. He died for you. You are free because my son has served your sentence. What would you do if that happened? Would you go back and do the thing that you had done before? Or would your life be radically changed? Would you be a different person? And when people came and talked to you and said, what are you grateful for? Wouldn't the very first thing be, I'm grateful for the son of the judge, who because of him I'm alive. And wouldn't you be telling everybody about this incredible act of mercy, this incredible act of love and compassion? When it happened, you might have sat there. You might have sat there and said to the judge, and said, Judge, this isn't fair. He shouldn't have died. He shouldn't have died. I'm the one that deserved that. You might realize that. And the judge would still nonetheless say, You're right. He didn't deserve it. You are right. You deserve it. But my son had too much love and compassion for you. And he did it nonetheless. If you're not catching on, that is what Jesus did for you. We are born sinners, guilty. We have a wealth of sinfulness. We deserve to go to the gallows. We deserve the noose. We don't deserve any blessing that we have, and we most certainly do not deserve to get anything but eternal death. We don't deserve God's love. We don't deserve His compassion. And nonetheless, the righteous judge, who is our Heavenly Father, sent His Son And His Son is the sacrifice. He died on your behalf. Not forcibly, but willingly. We deserved it. Not Him. We don't get what we deserve. And that's a good thing. Jesus got what we deserve. What wondrous reason to have joy and gladness 
to celebrate in every day of our lives, to be a completely different person. Every breath that we have is a gift from God. And the fact that we don't fear death is a gift from God. No matter what happens in this world, we have been redeemed. So we, ser- we should ser- be serving the Lord with gladness. Because we have this joy. And I mean, when I say serve the Lord with gladness, again, writing a check It's not where we stop. That's a good starting point, but don't end there. So for example, today you go home. Actually, before you even leave, the minute you sit in your car, what if you sat there and said a prayer for those who are in the vehicle and prayed for every person that you may pass along the road, praying that they may be kept safe, Praying that whatever challenges are going on in their lives, that God would look after them and be with them. And then, let's say you go out to eat. Maybe even if it's something like McDonald's and you see the cashier or you see the waiter or waitress, and you say to them, thank you for, your, thank you for serving me today. Could I pray for you? Is there anything I could pray about for you today? And do so. And what if you're, when you're in the drive-thru, if you do it in the drive-thru, you don't have to pray with them while they're in the drive-thru, but you can offer, just say, hey, while you're getting that meal, is there anything I can pray for you? And, you know, that person behind me, I'd like to pay for their meal. What if you did that? Now, hopefully they're not pay, getting a $100 tab, but... It's McDonald's, probably not, if it's McDonald's or Burger King, not going to be too huge of a bill. What incredible act of kindness. And the thing is, if you're talking about in a drive-thru, they can never re- they're probably not going to return it to you because they don't know who you are, most likely. They may not see you. It would be an unreturned act of kindness. What if, if you went in and you visited a doctor or a nurse, and when you visited them, you said to them, again, Thank you for your service to me. I know that many patients can be challenging and frustrating for you. I know that especially for uh, that they have long hours and they see lots of horrible, they see a lot of sad things, go hours and hours, sometimes neglecting eating food. And as I've been told by nurses, sometimes neglecting going to the bathroom for a few hours just to make sure that you're cared for. What if at that point, what if you said to them, like I said, said to them, thank you? And is there anything I could pray about for you? Not just about their jobs, but everybody's got challenges in their lives. What about to to a teacher? You see somebody who is in education. Again, give them thanks. Say thank you for educating the children of our community. Thank you for supporting the future of this country. Is there anything I could pray for you? And I know it's October. Rumor has it they're starting to get a little uh, exhausted. And by the way, teachers in exchange, I know you can't really do this because of 
separation of church and state stuff. But outside of school, we're not there. Say, hey, can I pray to you for you? If you see one of your students out and about, is there anything I can pray about for you? This, there are so many ways that we can serve the Lord with gladness, showing the love of Christ, being His hands and feet, being His mask to the world. What ways do you have? What could you think of? Offering up a grilling out party during, like, you know, when, during football's going on. Handing out, you know, the trunk or treat's going to be a way that we could do, or it's going to be serving the community. One of the things I'm planning to do is set up a prayer table on trunk or treat night. It'll be kind of, so if people have any prayer requests, they could drop them off. And if they want to, we could pray for them right then and there. Are you ready? Because the time is now. The time is now to serve the Lord with gladness because of what he has done for you. To him be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the singing of the hymn.